Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Come on, you ought to give me one more big hand clap of praise today. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus today. Wow. It is so good to be here this morning in God's house. It's so good to see all of you beautiful people here this morning. Hallelujah. I'm excited about the message today. I'm excited about what God has given me to share with you, uh, not just today, but next week and the week after as we get ready to start the down, downhill side of this series. Uh, today is week four of the series, Snap the Trap. And so we're excited about this. We've been looking into Samson's life and preaching about Samson and how Samson's been living in the wrong environments and he just keeps falling all over himself. And we're going to continue that again today. And so, uh, so you can turn your Bibles to Judges chapter 16. And we got a lot of scriptures in the beginning today, uh, verses 4 through 20, because I want to lay out this whole thing. This morning, Judges 16, verses 4 through 20. While you're turning, let me just remind everyone that there is no service Wednesday night. No service Wednesday night. Uh, spend time with your family. People travel. People go hunting. That's uh, so why I'm heading after service. So uh, spend a week and with my brother and my dad. And, and I think Judah's coming up in a couple of days to spend some time with us. And so we're going to be be out spending time with family. And so we want you to do the same. Amen. Hallelujah. If God's been good to you this week, you ought to just shout right now. Come on now. Hallelujah. If you woke up this morning in your right mind, you ought to shout right now. Come on. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. If you'll stand for the reading of God's word this morning, as we start part four of the series, snap the trap. And you ought to just shout that right now. Snap the trap. Come on. Help me out here. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Sometime later, we're talking about Samson here. He fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorak, whose name was Delilah. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, See if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength and how can we can overpower him so we may tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, Tell me the secret of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued. Samson answered her, If anyone ties me with seven fresh bowstrings that have not been dried, I will become as weak as any man. Then the rulers of the Philistines brought her seven fresh bowstrings that, she, that had not been dried, and she tied him with them. With men hidden in the room, she called to him, Samson, the Philistines are up on you. But he snapped the bowstrings as easily as a piece of string snaps when it comes close to the flame. So the secret of his strength was not discovered. Then Delilah said to Samson, you have made a fool of me. You lied to me. Come now, tell me how you can be tied. He said, if anyone ties me securely with new ropes that have never been used, I will become as weak as any other man. So Delilah took new ropes and tied with him with them. Then with men hidden in the room, she called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. But he snapped the ropes off his arms as if they were threads. Delilah said to Samson, At this, all this time, you have been making a fool of me and lying to me. Tell me how you can be tied. He replied, if you weave the seven braids of my head into the fabric on the loom and tighten it with a pin, I'll become as weak as any other man. 
So while he was sleeping, Delilah took the seven braids of his head, wove them into the fabric, and tightened it with the pen. And again she called to him, Samson, the Philistines are up on you. He awoke from his sleep and pulled up the pen and the loom with the fabric. Then she said to him, How can you say, I love you, when you won't confide in me? This is the third time you have made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your great strength. With such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was sick to death of it. So he told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head, he said, because I have been a Nazarite dedicated to God from my mother's womb. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become weak become as weak as any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her everything, she sent word to the rulers of the Philistines, come back once more. He has told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with the silver in their hands. After putting him to sleep on her lap, she called for someone to shave off the seven braids of his hair. And, he, and so began to subdue him, and his strength left him. Then she called, Samson, the Philistines are up on you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I will, go out, I will go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. Father, we just come today, Lord, and we thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to be in your house today, Lord, to worship you in spirit and truth. Help us to preach this word today, God, in deed and in word and in truth, Lord, in boldness today, Father, in demonstration of your Holy Spirit, Father. We ask you to anoint every ear to hear and every mind to understand and every heart to receive the word with joy today. May lives be saved. May bodies be healed. May people be set free in this service today. In Jesus' name, and amen. You may be seated. So three weeks ago, we began this series called Snap the Trap. And, uh, and so this is week number four of Snap the Trap. And so the, the goal of this series is to help us identify the traps in our lives, in our own lives, and, and how we can snap them. So Samson, he provides us with the perfect backdrop because Samson spent his entire life living in the wrong environments. And now we're seeing Samson get closer and closer to the trap. Somebody needs to holler, snap the trap. Samson, uh, last week as we talked about Samson, remember he was making light of his sin. He made a riddle about the folly and the sin. And the Bible says in the message version talked about how the stupid ridicule sin and, and they make fun of it and that they should, that a way seems right to man, but it, it's wrong. And, and it said to take a double take basically because the path leads straight to hell. And so Samson thought his way was right, but it wasn't. And so many of us think that our way is right, but it's not. Samson is being foolish at this time. And so I told you last week, when we become comfortable in the wrong environment, we begin to think in our own mind that we're okay. And I gave you this warning that I'm going to give you again today. We are never okay when we're operating in the wrong environment. We are never okay when we're in the wrong environment. And so, and so we need to take that to heart this morning. So one more time, or not one more time, shout, snap the trap. And if you're on Facebook this morning, just comment, snap the trap. Come on, help me out here. Y'all need to wake up a little bit. Help me out here. Come on. 
Hallelujah. Samson, though, at this point in his life is still being used of God. He's still being used of God. Between the time that he tells the joke about the lion, you know, the honey coming out of the lion and, and, and the lion, and we find him in Delilah's lap, he's killed a thousand men with the jawbone of an ass. He's prayed to God for water, and God caused water to come out of that same jawbone so that he would be refreshed. And so God is still using him even though he's operating in the same environment. And I told you in week one, I call that the death zone because we think we're okay, but we're really not okay. Samson goes and he visits the harlot. Samson, by this time, he is falling all over himself. He is, he is messing his life up. He's falling all over himself. And I believe that the reason is pride. Pride blinds Samson. And so, and so pride is this. It's the state or the quality of being proud or having inordinate self-esteem, conceit, concerning one's talent, ability, wealth, station. It's disdainful behavior. Last week, we talked about a haughty spirit. We talked about Samson's arrogance, right? This week, we're going to talk about pride because the scripture teaches us that pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before the fall. Last week, we seen Samson begin to fall. Now we're getting ready to see Samson be destroyed, destroyed. Pride originates from attributions to internal, unstable, controllable causes. Here's an example. I won because I practiced. It's associated with high self-esteem. So we gain a sense of pride from doing things that are in our power to do. And so Samson has this pride about his life. He has this pride about his ability. Why? Because Samson had what? Superhuman strength. Samson's strength was also his source of pride because he had always used his strength to get him out of every situation. And in his mind, he's thinking, I can handle it because I'm so strong. I can get through it because I'll just flex my muscles just a little bit. And so his pride, his strength is his source of pride. Here's what he forgets, though. Samson forgets that his strength came from the vow that he made to God as a Nazarite not to cut his hair. And as long as he's got his hair, he'll have his strength. But if he ever loses his hair, he'll lose his strength. Samson's strength was a gift from God. Here, Ready? Samson forgot that his strength was conditional. It was conditional. If you don't cut the hair, you'll have the strength. But the moment you cut your hair, you will lose the strength that I have given you. And so Samson forgot that his strength was conditional. In his mind, church, he was thinking that his strength was all about him when in fact God was the source of the strength. And sometimes we do the same thing. God begins to use us and we begin to think, man, I am something else. No, we're not anything. We're just an earthen vessel that God chose to use on a certain day. Because all of us are nothing but dirt. 
Oh, preacher, you're being hard on me today. No, read Genesis. God formed man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed in the man, and man became a living soul. It's not by might, and it's not by power, but it's by his spirit, says the Lord. And so it's not in us. It's not us. It's who is inside of us operating and working in our lives. And Samson has forgotten that. He thinks the strength is his. Samson has done what so many of us have done. Samson thought he had a monopoly on God. He thought he had a monopoly on God. Isn't this what Hophni and Phinehas did too? They're fighting the Philistines. They're getting their butt kicked. And they said, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll just go get the ark. And when God, when the ark comes in here, we're going to win the battle. And so they go get the ark. They had forgotten that God had already prophesied against their sin and already told their father, Eli, you need to straighten up your house. You need to clean it up, son. And so they go get the ark, and the Philistines hear the shout that comes into the camp. And they're like, their God is with them. But you know what happens? They get, they get beat up. Hophni and Phinehas lose their life. Because they thought they could just pour God out anytime they needed God and didn't worry about having a relationship with God. And Samson's doing the same thing. He thinks he can just pour God out anytime he wants to. And God says, I ain't having none of that. Oh, help me, Lord. Hallelujah. So he thinks he's got this monopoly on God. Now we find him in our text. He's in love with this woman named Delilah, and she is from the valley of Sorak, and the, the, the Sorak is very interesting. So the name of the valley is Sorak, and look at its meaning, church. Choice finds. I told you in week number one that a Nazarite could not drink wine, they could not drink grape juice, they could not eat grapes, they could not eat grape seeds, and they couldn't eat raisins or grape skins. But yet in week one, where was Samson? In the vineyard. He killed the lion in the vineyard. He goes back to the vineyard and he violates his Nazarite vow by touching the dead carcass of the lion. And now we find him in Sorak. We're at choice vines. He was operating in the vineyard. Now he's operating in the environment of choice vines. And anytime we get in the wrong environment, we begin to make bad decisions. So we find him operating in the wrong environment. He operates from the vineyard. Now he's operating from the valley of choice vines. I want to tell you, Samson is drunk on his environment. I don't know that Samson drank the wine. I don't know that Samson drank the grape juice. I don't know that he ate the grapes or the raisins or the grape seeds or the grape skins. But I do know he was drunk on his environment. Somebody needs to shout, snap the trap. If you're, if you're on Facebook, comment, snap the trap. Let me give you a real powerful passage of Scripture this morning. It's found in Ephesians chapter 5, 11 through 18. Here's what it says. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper. 
rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So I want us to take Ephesians 5, 11 through 18, and I want us to examine the life of Samson. And this is Participation Sunday, and you got to help me preach this morning, okay? So I'm going to ask some questions, and y'all going to help by answering them. Did Samson expose the fruitless seeds of darkness? Yes or no? No. No. Remember, he killed the lion and didn't tell nobody? He ate the honey and he didn't tell anybody? So no, he didn't expose that. Did Samson bring everything to the light? No. Did Samson live wise or unwise? Unwise, right? Did Samson make the most of every opportunity? No. Was Samson drunk on his environment or was he filled with God? He was drunk on his environment. So here's what I want you to do now. You don't have to answer out loud. Say, I love you, Pastor. Thank you. (laughs) You don't have to answer. But now we need to examine our lives. Do I expose the fruitless seeds of darkness in my life? Do I bring everything to the light? Remember, we're only as sick as our secrets. Do I live wise or unwise? Do I make the most of every opportunity? Am I drunk on the world or am I filled with the Spirit of God? See, the idea is for us to examine ourselves in the mirror of God's Word. And so we look into God's Word and we line our lives up with it to see if it lines up. The Scripture says to be a doer of God's Word. So so when I see what my life is and if it doesn't line up, that means I need to start correcting things in my life. I need to begin to fix things that are in my life. See, if we're a hearer of the word, we walk away and then we forget what kind of person we are. This is is what happens to a lot of people. They come in on church and, and, and the preacher's preaching or the teacher's teaching and the word's hitting them, but they're so full of pride that they don't want to admit that they're getting hit. So they take everything that's been shoveled their way and they throw it to the person behind them. And they say, it must have been for that person. See, if you're here this morning and I ask you, do you have pride? And you tell me no, well, I already know you got a pride problem. (laughs) Everybody has some form of pride in their life. Everybody has one area of their life. Oh, somebody help me now. Samson, Samson's in trouble, church. Look at Judges 16, 6 through 18 again. Let's, let's, let's just read through these again. So Delilah said to Samson, tell me the secret 
of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued. Samson answered her, If anyone ties me with seven fresh bowstrings that have not been dry, I will become as weak as any other man. Then the rulers of the Philistines brought her seven fresh, fresh bowstrings that had not been, they had not been dried up. And she tied with him with them. And with men hidden in the room, she called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. But he snapped the bowstrings as easy as a piece of string snaps when it comes to the flame or to a flame. So the secret of his strength was not discovered. Then Delilah said to Samson, you have made a fool of me. You lied to me. Come now, tell me how you can be tied. He said, if anyone ties me securely with new ropes that have never been used, I'll become as weak as any other man. So Delilah took new ropes and tied with them. Then with men hidden in the room, she called him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. But he snapped the ropes off his arms as if they were threads. Delilah said, then said to Samson, all this time you've been making a fool of me and lying to me. Tell me how you can be tied. He replied, if you weave the seven braids of my hair into a fabric on the loom and tighten it with a pin, I'll become as weak as any other man. So while he was sleeping, what did Ephesians tell us to do? Wake up. Wake up. Sleeper, wake up. So while he was sleeping, Delilah took the seven braids of his head and wove them into the fabric. And tightened it with a pen again, she called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and pulled up the pen in the loom with the fabric. And she said to him, how can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? You should never confide in the devil, church. This is the third time you have made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your great strength. With such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was sick to death of it. So he told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head, he said, because I have been a Nazarite dedicated to God from my mother's womb. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told all of everything, she sent word to the rulers of the Philistines, come back it once more. He told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with silver in their hands. I want you to notice something. Verse 6. I think it's verse 6. She doesn't even hide her intentions. She tells him what she wants from him. She doesn't even try to conceal her intentions. She doesn't try to hide. She doesn't even, she's not even trying to trick him. She just flat out says, I'm going to figure out your strength and you're going to tell me. She directly asked Samson to reveal the secret of, to his strength. Can I tell you this? Samson's pride has gotten the best of him because he's just always used to his great strength bailing him out of every circumstance, every situation. Look at Proverbs 11, 2, verse, part A of this verse. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. Then comes disgrace. Disgrace. 
we're really going to focus in on some shame and stuff like this on the very last series. Sermon in the series. Samson is getting ready to experience disgrace firsthand. Samson doesn't flee his environment. He doesn't try to run out of Delilah's lap. He doesn't tell her no. He doesn't rebuke her. He doesn't do anything except play the game. Maybe he thinks it'll be like all the times in the past where God just enabled him to get out of his situation. But this time, things would be different. Watch as Samson plays along with Delilah. We're going to read these scriptures again. I think I messed up on one of the slides, but we're going to read these scriptures again. So if it says judges, it meant to say, no, that's right, judges, that's right. All right. So Proverbs, watch this. I'm going to read just a few verses here. Samson answered her, If anyone ties me with seven fresh bowstrings that have not been dried, I'll become as weak as any other man. Then the rulers of the Philistines brought her seven fresh bowstrings that had not been dried, and she tied him with them. When the myth, with men hidden in the room, she called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And he snapped the bowstrings as easily as a piece of strings snap when it comes close to a flame. So the secret of his strength was not revealed. Did you notice he's relying on his strength? He's relying on himself. Samson is playing a dangerous game of cat and mouse. Watch as he eventually tells the secret to his strength. Verse 10, then Delilah said to Samson, you have made a fool of me. You lied to me. Come now, tell me how you can be tied. He said, if anyone ties me securely with new ropes that have never been used, I'll become as weak as any other man. So Delilah took new ropes and tied him with them. Then with men hidden in the room, she called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. But he snapped the ropes off his arms as if they were threads. Samson's getting closer and closer and closer to telling his secret source of strength. Watch as the game continues. Verse 13, Delilah then said to Samson, all this time you've been making a fool of me and lying to me. Tell me how you can be tied. He replied, if you weave the seven braids of my head into the fabric on the loom and tighten it with the pen, I'll become as weak as any other man. So while he was sleeping, Delilah took the seven braids of his head. She wove them in the, into the fabric, tightened it with a pen. Again, she called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep, put up the pen and the loom with the fabric. Did you notice? Did you notice? He's getting closer and closer to the trap. It went from seven bowstrings to new rope. Now he's talking about his hair. He's getting closer. He's about ready to reveal the secret source of his strength. He's getting, he's getting closer. 
See, when we play along with sin, thinking we have it under control, but in reality, we're just one step away from the trap. So you're going to look at your neighbor right now and tell them, snap the trap. Tell them to snap the trap in their life. Look at verse 15. Then she said, how can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? This is the third time you have made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your great strength. With such nagging and prodded him day and night until he was sick to death of it. Now, I want to reverse just a second. Just hold it right there on the slides. I want to reverse just a second to last week. What happened when his wife nagged at him and complained to him and pushed him? Did he not tell the secret of the riddle? He had a trigger. He had a trigger. And the enemies figured it out. And now he's pushing all the right. But you see, all of us got triggers. Everyone in this room, you've got a trigger about something in your life. And I tell you, the enemy has studied your life and people have studied your life and they know what buttons to push when they need pushed. And she's pushing the buttons right now because it's already been revealed, the trigger in his life. And she's pushing the buttons now. Watch what happens. Somebody, oh God, somebody, you're right now on the verge and your triggers are being pushed. Even today, your triggers are being pushed. You need to get a hold of God right now. You need to pray right now. You need to repent right now, right now, because the triggers in your life are being pushed. She prodded him day after day until he was sick to death of it. So what do you do? When you pull the trigger, the gun fires, right? It's the point of no return for that bullet. See, when, our, when the triggers of our life get pulled, it's the same thing. The, 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 the bullet is fired. It's the point of no return. We have to catch it before the trigger. She told him everything. He says, listen. No razor has ever been used on my head. He said, because I have been a Nazarite dedicated to God from my mother's womb. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her everything, she sent word to the rulers of the Philistines, come back once more. He has told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with the silver in their hands. The silver in their hands. The silver in their hands. They knew that she had him. Samson, not realizing that the trap was closing in on him. She screams one more time, Samson, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And we're going to go back to this next week, so you've got to come back next week, okay? Because he's going to shake himself. And when he shakes himself, he doesn't even know that God has left him. 
Because pride goes before destruction. He's going to find his eyes gouged out. He's going to find himself chained to the, to the meal. And he's pushing, he's pushing the meal around. He, pride before. He's, his life, church, his life is being destroyed. You know what's keeping you from revealing your secrets? Pride. You know what's keeping you from seeking help? Pride. Oh, what if somebody finds out? So what? So what? Oh, I don't want nobody to know that I did that. So what? So what? It's better to have your secret revealed by you and find grace in the sight of God than to hold your secrets and split hell wide open. Samson is crashing. He is burning. He is going down. Pride blinded Samson's ability to see what was taking place. Is pride blinding us? Do we see the traps in our life that are getting ready to set themselves on us? See, Samson, because of his strength, because of his hair, he was always able to pull himself out of every mess he created. He created them. The mess you're in right now, you created. God doesn't tempt anyone with evil. Neither can God be tempted with evil. The Bible says that when we fall into a trap, when we fall into sin, it's become from our own desires. And when it is conceived, it brings forth sin and sin, death. Stop blaming your neighbor. I heard Jensen Franklin say this one time. I loved it. He's one of my go-to preachers that I listen to. He said, God isn't going to kill all the gorgeous women or quit making all the gorgeous women so you'll quit looking at them. She's not your problem. You're your problem. Samson can't pull himself out. He's in too deep. He's in too deep. We were out yesterday. I'll tell this little story. We were out yesterday scouting. Judah went with us. And they've been doing some work on this road that we walk in on. And uh, it rained some. And there was a big section of it right in the middle, just nothing but mud. If you've ever been on a riverbank or a creek bank or in the woods and you ever stepped in mud, and it's that kind that just sinks up around you, and it just suctions to your foot. So as Judah was getting ready to go in, I said, I don't think I'd do that if I was you. (laughs) He said, well, I did it coming in. I'm going to do it this so he did it. His foot went down about three or four inches, and he was able to pull it out pretty, pretty good. And, and Scott's stepson was with us, Jacob. Scott told this story. I told you that to tell you this. 
that Jacob and his mom, they were with Scott one time on the riverbank, and there was like some quicksand there. And Scott told him, said, now don't walk through that. Nothing would do them, though, but to walk through the quicksand. When they come out of the quicksand, they come out in their sock feet. Because it sucks up around, and if you've got low-cut you low shoes on, it'll pull your shoes right off your feet. See, this is what happens, church. We get in sticky situations, and, and we get to the place, sometimes we get in so deep, we can't get ourselves out anymore. This is where Samson's at. He's in so deep right now, he can't get himself out. He can't get himself out. Somebody shout, shout, snap the trap. Somebody comment, snap the trap. If you're on Facebook, comment, snap the trap. Now, I need you to come back next week because we're going to talk about this trap. We're going to see what happens to Samson's life next week. We're going to see the hunter next week. We're going to reveal the hunter next week. Come on, somebody. But right now, I just feel like there's some folks that need to talk some things over with Jesus. I'm going to ask Joey to come up, begin to play softly on the guitar. Maybe you're here this morning, or maybe you're online this morning, and you know you're sinking. You've not been blinded by it yet, but you know you're sinking. You know you're in the wrong environment. You know you're doing things you should not be doing. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you're here. Maybe you're online. I don't know. But I know that God wants to snap that trap out of your life. He wants to free you. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. He wants to set you free. He wants you to walk in freedom. And maybe you're here and God's dealing with your heart and saying, hey, he's, he's been talking to you this morning. We're going to ask you to raise your hand high enough for me to see it. Hold it up long enough for me to acknowledge it. We're not going to come back and get you. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to call you out. We're just going to ask the church to pray for the person that raised their hand. If that's you today, would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor Gary, there's an honest hand. Anybody else? Pastor Gary, I, I, I'm, falling into the, I'm falling in the trap. Is there anybody else that would raise their hand this morning? Anyone else that would acknowledge this morning that they're headed down the wrong path? There's another honest hand. Anybody else this morning? Anybody else? You're going down the wrong path. If you're here in person or you're online this morning and you want to give it all to God or maybe you're lost and you want to get saved this morning, we're going to put a prayer on the screen and we're going to pray this prayer together. And God can save you right there where you're at. His ears are not deafened that he cannot hear. His eyes are not blind that he cannot see. And his arms are not short that he cannot reach down to where you're at. You don't have to be in church to get saved. You don't have to come to the altar to get saved. You can get saved wherever you're at this morning. But I want everybody who will to pray this prayer with me this morning. Dear Lord Jesus, I admit that I am a sinner. 
And I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I invite you into my heart to be the Lord of my life. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning and you gave your heart to Jesus and you invited Jesus to live in your heart, would you just raise your hand if you're in service this morning? If you're online, just comment, I got saved in the comment section so we know how to follow up with you. I got saved. Anybody at all? Come on, church. Let's give God a great big hand clap of praise this morning.